Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. It's Friday, March 30th. I'm your host, Anastasia Glova. In an op-ed that ran in the D.C. Examiner yesterday, Cato scholar Sigrid Fry-Revere writes, In an ever-increasing number of states, federal funding and corporate self-indulgence have teamed up in the interest of forcing middle schoolers to take a vaccine they don't need. She's referring to the mandatory HPV vaccines that are being seriously considered in states across the country. In today's podcast, Sigrid shows that the only thing that such prophylactic measures will prevent is the practice of sound medicine. Tell me what is at issue here regarding mandatory HPV vaccinations. What's at issue is that HPV is a virus which causes lots of different things. There are about 37 different kinds of HPV which are sexually transmitted, but only two of them potentially cause cancer. So what's at issue is cervical cancer. And what's happening is that state after state is considering mandating those vaccines. And it's really a bad idea, for one, because of how much it's going to cost. Two, there's been so much advance in cervical cancer research and treatment that there are really very, very few women that die of it anymore, and that a pap test, which could also find lots of other things, would be really the answer to any potential cervical cancer cases. Well, before we get into costs and alternatives, why did this issue come up now? Why is Merck pushing this? Because Merck just got the patent on it. (laughs) That's why Merck is pushing it. I don't know exactly how long they had this vaccine in the making, but cervical cancer 30 years ago was the number one killer of women. It takes a long time to develop something like a vaccine. And so it's very possible that when they started working on this, it had huge potential for helping people. But in the meantime, we have discovered the pap test And with a pap test, you can catch cancers early enough, or even you catch them in pre-cancer stage and treat it then, even before it becomes cancer. And cervical cancer is incredibly slow-moving. On the average, it takes 20 years to develop. And most of the HPV viruses go away on their own. That's what's amazing, too. In adolescence, they go away on their own 90% of the time, even the precancerous ones. And in adult women, 75% of the time. So when you first see them, you watch and see if they turn precancerous, and if they do, you zap them. And instead, they want you to get this vaccine, which has only been tested on a few thousand women, let alone on children, only a few hundred children. And they want to push it because they want to make money, essentially. Maybe they're not necessary, but it still doesn't seem that a mandatory HPV vaccine would be a bad idea. What's the harm in preventive medicine? Well, that's exactly it. I don't think it is preventive medicine. What would be preventive medicine is the pap test. And it's also very misleading because if you get an HPV vaccine, which you don't know how long it lasts, for example, let's say like they're suggesting now is they're suggesting to give it to 6th and 7th graders. They've only tested it for five years. What if it wears out after five years? The girls think they're protected. Then there are seniors in high school, so the protection is gone before most of them have even really had sex. And then the other issue there is, too, that the New England Journal of Medicine just came out actually a week and a half ago with an article that talks about the chickenpox vaccine. And my kids, two of my kids have had this vaccine. And what they've discovered is that after a certain amount of time, five years, 10 years, 15 years, they have a lot of breakthrough cases. And the kids that have breakthrough cases of chickenpox have it far more severely than if they'd had it when they were little. And so they don't know how long the vaccine lasts, and when the kids get it, they get a much worse case of it. So maybe what they're saying is maybe it's better not 
to vaccinate kids against chickenpox. And in addition, there's a whole nother, with the chickenpox vaccine, a whole nother thing they're finding, and that is shingles, which is horrible in adults, is a form of chickenpox. And that people who are exposed to chickenpox through children, they don't get it, but they also don't get shingles. So if you're exposed to it from children who have it, it sort of like rejuvenates your immunity. So the adults don't get shingles. And all this is relevant just because the HPV vaccine has not been tested for a long time. So we don't know what it's going to do 20 years down the line. And they're trying to make it mandatory. And so essentially what they're doing is in order for Merck to make money and potentially save a few lives, which I agree, they're going to experiment on a whole section of the population. In New York, they're considering children between the ages of 11 and 17, boys and girls alike, So you have a whole demographic, which what, you know, potentially 10 years down the line develops some weird cancer related to the vaccine or is lulled into a notion that they're safe and then other cancers because it only protects against 70 percent. So other cervical cancers come along and because they're not getting their pap tests, they're discovered too late. So for all we know, this vaccine could lead to more deaths in the long run. I mean, we don't know for sure. And because we don't know, I think it should be left up to individual families to decide because there is just no clear-cut benefit by doing it. This is a really interesting fact. The actual number, this actually came out in JAMA in the Journal of the American Medical Association, that there are really 37 types of sexually transmitted HPV. The one type, 16, Gardasil, which is the Merck vaccine protects against, shows up in 1.5% of the cases, and number 18, which is the other type of HPV that's vaccinated against by Gardasil, shows up only in 0.8% of the cases. So, I mean, when Merck says 50% of the population has HPV, well, yes, they do, but they don't have the dangerous types of HPV. And even if they did have the dangerous type, they go away 90% of the time on their own. What kind of money is involved in this? How much money does Merck stand to gain, and what will this cost? Wow. It's a little hard to estimate how much it would cost overall. But, for example, in several states that are considering it, it would easily cost into the millions, $30 million, $40 million. It all depends on what part of their population they're vaccinating um, and how big a state it is. But we spend in this country about $2 billion a year in cervical cancer testing and treatment. If this vaccine became mandatory in even just half the states, we'd be spending five times that and it'll all go into Merck's pocket. Are any of the state legislators close to passing this kind of measure? Well, the legislature has passed it in two states, New Mexico and Virginia, and it's waiting the governor's signature. In Virginia, actually Wednesday the 26th at midnight, the law will go into effect on its own if the governor doesn't sign it. In New Mexico, I'm not sure how long the governor still has to sign it. In Texas, the governor passed it by executive order and did it all on his own, but then the legislature, at least the House, passed a law reversing his executive order. And he says that if the Senate follows suit, he's going to veto the law and it's probably going to end up in court. About a third of the states are already quite a ways along in considering a law like this. Among them are New York, Florida, Missouri, Texas has it, 
I think that's all I can think of right now, but about a third of them are actually making it mandatory. Now, there's also a reason why they're making it mandatory, which is a little bit shady, I think, and that is the states, if they don't make it mandatory, they don't get federal funds for it. So in other words, by making it a mandatory childhood vaccine, they get federal funding for the vaccination program. While if they just launch an education campaign about cervical cancer or suggest that children get pap tested once they're teenagers, they don't get any money for it. I mean, in every state, children have to prove that they've been to a doctor to have a physical before they enter school at various grades. And if for a young girl who's hit puberty, that included a gynecological exam, not that I'd really be for such a law, but if it did, that certainly would be a lot cheaper than requiring this vaccine, and you'd cover a lot more ground as far as what you'd be protecting the kids from. But they wouldn't get federal money for a program like that. The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.